Welcome to the Intentional Encourager podcast, where each episode brings you compelling conversations and stories designed to entertain, enlighten, and encourage. And now here's your host, Brian Sexton. And welcome into the Intentional Encourager podcast. I'm your host, Brian Sexton. Thank you for joining us again today. And I have someone today on the Intentional Encourager podcast, a podcast host herself, the Awake and On Purpose podcast, a coach, a spiritual mentor, a transformation strategist. Little old me, I'm just kind of sitting here going, well, I'm not all that. (laughs) But Jennifer helps a lot. She helps mission-driven leaders to align mind, body, and spirit to achieve fulfillment and live their purpose. And it is an honor to have Jennifer Spore on the Intentional Encourager podcast. Jennifer, how are you today? Oh, Brian, I'm fantastic. And what a warm introduction. I'm really humbled and honored just to be here for this conversation. I just love your energy. And I know that we are just going to have a fantastic talk today. Well, two things around that. First of all, no one likes a cold introduction. No one, you know, it's, you know, (laughs) so, so, you know, yeah, I mean, I could have, you know, no one likes a cold introduction, especially when a guest is coming on and taking their time to be on your podcast. And second, it's not energy, it's insanity. So, I mean, you know, when you, when you live in West Virginia, like I do, you just wake up and go, what's going to happen today? You know, what, what possibly is going to happen today? So no, let's, let's talk, let's start here. Let's talk about the last 15, 16 months. And I, and I've been starting most every intentional encourager podcast this way, because I'm not sure how other people are dealing with what we've had to deal with the last 15, 16 months, because I'm in West Virginia, you're in Idaho, beautiful state, love Idaho, but how have the last 15, 16 months been for you personally and professionally, and have you had a big takeaway from the last 15, 16 months? Wow, that's a really broad question, and I could certainly go down a few different rabbit holes. I wish you would. (laughs) Just go down any rabbit Um, hole that you choose. Just choose a rabbit hole and just go down it. You know what? I, over time, I've learned to view every experience as an opportunity for learning, Uh, no matter how challenging it might feel right and that's really a lot of how I view what's been going on these last 15 or 16 months um there are you know it just really became apparent that there are a lot of structures that we've had in place in society that haven't been working for a while and this experience um highlighted a lot of that it really showed us not just like what needs to change in our society in terms of us embodying a more sustainable evolved way of living moving forward but it really also i feel highlighted for all of us the importance of human connection and how we had really lost uh we we lost a large element of that right because of you know modern technology is a great example it is a tremendous blessing by the way but it also can you know have its hindrances as well so i feel more than anything it's been a learning experience and 
for me uh, personally, I I feel fortunate. I feel blessed to live in an area where um, there just weren't as many restrictions. You know, yeah. there were restrictions during that time, but just an area overall where uh, I'm trying to find the right words, but just really there is just more sovereignty. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like, I'm not someone who, I'm not anti-anything, yeah. you know, mask, no mask, vaccine, no vaccine, whatever. I, what I believe in is personal freedom mm -hmm. and the freedom of choice. And that's definitely been something for all of us, you know, that has been tested and is still being tested. Jennifer, let's you know? go there for a minute. I, I think you're hitting on something really, really powerful. And that is the freedom to choose mm -hmm. what you, because your podcast, Awake and On Purpose, I, I, I hear that and I hear and see so much intentionality around that because everything in life is done on purpose. Nothing happens to us by accident. We, we choose the things that we do. We choose where we live. We choose where we go to the grocery store. We choose where we go shop. We choose who we do business with. And so I love what you said there about personal choice. When you're talking to, and, and let's go here for a minute. When you're talking to people that you work with and coach, how important is personal choice to them? And do some of them feel like that they don't have a choice and you can kind of get them into seeing that? I, I would have to feel that that and believe that that is a very powerful component that a lot of people don't realize that they have within them. Yeah. So the answer is, is yes to all of that really. So, um, what I help people do is, so each one of us has a purpose for being here, right? Each one of us has a personal purpose or, you know, that, that God has put on our hearts. Some of us have a global purpose, a global mission, right? And so the people that I work with, they are all disruptors in some way. They're pursuing a path, their purpose, their path. And it's often something that they're not seeing anyone else doing. So they're already growth-driven individuals. But what, they're, but what I'm helping them do is align with their highest level self as a leader. So the answer is that, you know, we all have fears and uh, limiting beliefs. We're eternal students. There's just always a next level. Does that make sense? It may. I love what you said there. And I was jotting a couple of those things down. Being eternal students. And, and, and I think that is so powerful to grasp the concept of being an internal student because next Friday, as we record this, next Friday, I'll be 49. Behind me on the wall, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see my MBA that I got 10 years ago. And so, but I, I know more now than I did 10 years ago when I was 39. I know more now at 49 than I did at 39. And chances are, if I lived to be 59, which was the age that my dad passed away, 
I'll know more at 59 than I do at 49. I'll have different experiences and more learning and more knowledge. How hard is it for folks to understand the concept of being an eternal student? Well, I think that perceived level of difficulty <laughs> varies, you know, based on the person, right? Because everyone is on a very unique journey here. But, but what I'm about to say that does apply to everyone is that many of us have been brought up in a society, you know, um, and yeah. we've based upon what we've been taught or, or our experiences or, or what we've been exposed to, we've developed beliefs based upon those teachings and those experiences. And so um, there is a process of unlearning, you know, that needs to happen um, when you're looking at, when you're on a journey of rediscovery, right? Does that make sense? Did that well, answer no. your question? <laughs> well, Jennifer, I, here's where I was going with that is that a lot of people think that that learning, continual learning is hard because they say to themselves, okay, what more could I learn? What, what, or the fear of taking on learning, um, maybe going back to school and getting a degree or going back to college and getting a graduate degree. There's a lot of fear and trepidation around oh my goodness, do I know enough? Do I have that in me to be able to do that? Or shifting to from one industry to another and saying, oh my goodness, I'm going from this that I know to this that I don't know. And, yeah. and the fear around that, that's where I was kind of going with that because I feel like that when, when you say being an internal student, that there are people that go, oh my goodness, you mean when I'm 85 years old and living in a nursing home that I'm still going to be learning and, and things like that? And, and I think to some people that's a foreign concept because yeah. you know where, and I don't mean to, to for a long-winded question, where I live in West Virginia, most parents, you know, we, we grew up where our parents had high school diplomas. Mm -hmm. And that's as far as they went in school. And then they worked and went and got a job and things like that. And it's like, well, I, and at least for my parents, both, you know, my mom dropped out of high school when she was a junior to get married. My dad finished high school. My dad was like, you're going to go to college. I didn't go to college, but you're going to go to college. And so I think that concept of, of, of eternal learning is lost on some people because they stopped learning after high school. That was yeah. it. That was that was where their degree of formal education stopped. Yeah, I'm glad you elaborated on that because, you know, it depends on what someone's perception of learning is, right? Ooh. So a yeah. lot of people are taught to believe that learning is going to school, but going to school, getting a degree, doing whatever you're doing in terms of formal education is just a drop in the bucket. When I talk about being an eternal student or I talk about learning, I'm speaking about it in the context of all of your life experiences. Remember when you were a kid, I know everybody listening or watching can relate to this, just the level of curiosity that you had about everything and the desire to explore and be present in the moment and experience and how much joy it gave you. That's the kind of learning I'm talking about. And that is for life. 
No, I love that because, and, and I love you, you going further on that. And that's why I, I kind of commented and I said, Ooh, you know, because you're really diving deep in there to the concept of what we think learning is. We, we have defined as a society what we believe learning is, whether it's taking courses online or continuing education. And that's been, you know, kind of a, a buzzword in corporate America, if you will. It's that continuing education, that continuous learning and things like that. And I think people mistake that for eternal learning when it's just, hey, you know what? I didn't know this. Or I read something. And I didn't know that, like, and yeah. I'll go, yeah, I'll go here for just a second. We'll step aside and take a break. Do you see these articles and things like that? that talk about hacks. Like here's the 15 hacks you didn't know. Mm -hmm. Well, someone had to learn that a paper clip could also serve a, another purpose of holding um, <laughs> wires yeah. together, things yeah. like that. Or, you know, who knew that spraying bug repellent on your headlights would take the gunk off of your headlights? You know, but but someone thought, okay, it's a discovery moment that someone had. And they go, well, here's another use for this product. That And, and I'll share this with you real quick. I remember many years ago, it was almost 15 years ago. I was dealing with acid reflux and my doctor wanted to put me on medication. And my now stepbrother, we were talking at church and he said, why don't you just go and get some apple cider vinegar at Walmart? It's 99 cents. He said, it's going to taste awful. You're going to want to get something with it. He said, but it really helped my wife. And he was exactly right. Had I not had that conversation with him, Jennifer, to your point, and learning can come from anywhere, and that eternal learning can come from anywhere, but, but had, had I not had that conversation with Jonathan, I wouldn't have known, and it did help me, and yeah. it was that, that taking in of learning and things like that. I love where we've taken this conversation. I'm so glad that you, you talked about being an eternal learner. Folks, if you're not an eternal learner, you're, you're going you're gonna to be doing this and you're going to get stuck instead of continuing to climb. Let's step aside, take a break. When we come back with Jennifer, we're going to expound on a little bit more of that. We're also going to talk about what she does and how she does it. And we're also going to later on talk about her incredible story. You do not want to miss this. I'm telling you, you don't want to miss this conversation because you're going to learn something. You're going to get smarter listening to the Intentional Encourager podcast, and you're going to get smarter because of my guest, Jennifer Spore. Back in just a moment on the Intentional Encourager podcast. Hey, everybody. Brian Sexton here. I want to tell you about our sponsor, SEO National. SEO stands for Search Engine Optimization. Now, what's that, you might say? Well, Search Engine Optimization helps you show up higher on search engines, 
in front of paying customers for words that you as a business owner can monetize. What a great concept. SEO National is owned by my good buddy, Damon Burton, who's been a guest here on the Intentional Encourager podcast. Not only has Damon and his team worked with businesses of all sizes, from e-commerce startups to NBA teams and Shark Tank featured businesses, but more importantly, Damon and his team are about transparency, trust, and providing lifetime value. So much so that he still has his first customers after opening SEO National 14 years ago. Let me give you some intentional encouragement and call Damon and his team today at 855-736-6285 or go to www.seonational.com and get a free quote. Jennifer, let's let's kind of build on that conversation that we were having about eternal learning. Mm-hmm. When you're working, you you mentioned before the break, you work with disruptors and growth-driven people. What's one thing that those two folks have in common that people would would not realize that that disruptors and growth-driven people have in common? Because everybody looks at a disruptor, the, the, the those buzzwords, influencer, disruptor, things like that. What's one thing that those people have in common that's pretty common with that that would be connectable or relatable to folks like you and I? That's a great question. They have a sense of purpose and conviction. Wow. Say that. Would you repeat that? That is so powerful. And, and I'm jotting this down. What, what, what disruptors and growth driven people have with, with you and I. A sense of purpose and conviction. Knowing that, you know, there's a reason why they're here and that what they're feeling called to do, and, and it is a calling for them, that they know that it's bigger than them. I love that. So let me ask you this. And, and I have, I've had conversations with people, and, and I'm going to be very transparent. I do not like the word passion. I think passion is <laughs> one sorry, of the most... No, well, and I've said this to folks, to me, to me, this, this and, and it, full transparency, the reason that I don't like the word passion is I think one, it's been, it's been way overused in our, in our society, but two, there are mornings that I really don't feel passionate about getting out of bed. I didn't sleep well. I may have gotten up and gone at my advancing age, getting up and going to the restroom, multiple times at night, I might wake up with my joints hurting. I, you know, for, I may have eaten something that didn't agree with me the night before just being transparent. I don't wake up every morning passionate, but I feel like I wake up every morning with a purpose and go, okay, I've got this to do today. I've got that to do today. And that's really what connected with me when, when I saw your, your podcast title, because I love that because I, I believe that the reason this podcast is called the intentional encourager podcast is you don't accidentally encourage anybody. You know, you, you don't say, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to encourage you. That, that was totally by accident. It was intentional. When you talk about purpose and vision, what does purpose and vision mean to you and how do you communicate it to, to those people you work with? Mm -hmm. Purpose and vision really um, are, can 
be different or I'm looking for the right word. Like they, the, the meaning of them or the context of them can vary based upon the individual person, right? But the driving force behind purpose and vision, again, being different based upon the person is really about the essence of who the person is, right? So their vision and purpose is driven by their unique beliefs and values and gifts, you know, skills, talents that they have to, to bring to the world. Unique beliefs, values, and gifts. Yeah. That's, that, that is so good. So let me go here for just a second. You coach folks virtually like we're, like we're doing this podcast. Mm -hmm. we, you, you coach folks virtually. How, how hard is it sometimes to really connect that person? Because while video technology is great and audio technology, there are times when you cannot beat the one-to-one -one being in the same room with that person and just sharing and, and just being in that moment together. How do you, how do you connect with people that you coach virtually and, and get that, that bond where they understand, okay, when I leave here, here's some things that I need to work on towards my purpose and vision. Mm -hmm. And you do that virtually and remotely because I think sometimes it's hard for some people to, to really feel that connection across a computer screen, but we, but it's become a part of our world, right? It's become the way that yeah. we've, that we've, that we've tried to do things. How do you do that? How do you heighten connection and, and get people to understand that around a virtual environment? Yeah. So I connect with my clients the same way that you and I are connecting now via most of them via video. Uh, one or two via phone calls, but my business has always been online. And the reason for intentionally pursuing an online business from the start was because I wanted to expand my reach. I wanted to amplify my impact. And yes, there is absolutely value to being in a room with someone in person, but but it's really about energetic resonance. It's about harmonics. Um, and I, I watched your latest episode at the time of this recording, and there was something referenced in that conversation um, that I uh, that I also follow suit with, and that is that you know the importance of establishing. Um, a business where I believe you're serving at the highest level is to have clarity in who you're serving and who you're being called to serve. We're not meant to help everybody. It's like, there's a very specific person I work with. Every single person that comes to me for support is at some type of a crossroads. Well, let's, they, let, me, let me jump in here real quick. You're, you're hitting on something really important because Jennifer, what what our society is saying today is counterintuitive with what you're talking about because when people start online businesses the 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 society will society at times will say 
Well, open an online business so you can serve everybody. Be the McDonald's where you can serve everybody and you want to get as many customers as you can. You want to do as much business as you can. That seems to be the quote unquote prevailing wisdom. How do you check yourself internally from buying into that narrative? Because it's never been easier to start an online business as it is now. So therefore everybody, and I say everybody loosely, but many more people that would have never done an online business said, well, it must be easy. Everybody's making money. So I'm going to go ahead and do it. <laughs> and it fails because they didn't check themselves in serving the right clients. How do you check yourself from having that perception of I'm going to launch a website. I'm going to offer what I do and everybody's going to come running to it. How do you check mm -hmm. yourself in working with the right people? Yeah, so it's so much more than being an entrepreneur. I mean, checking yourself and in, in working with the right people is is all centered around the the calling that God has put on your heart, the purpose. Everything is based around that. And what you're here to do is directly tied to who you're meant to serve. And that is what you build your business around for myself and for the, the clients that I support. It's not just a business. It's a path. It's a mission that you're fulfilling. And when you're aligned with that mission and that path, success is inevitable. There is no failure. When you surrender to what you're here to do, and by the way, when you do that, it's always something that's going to bring you joy, right? Yeah. The hard part or what people perceive as being the hard part, it's really just getting past our own resistance and beliefs and trust and leaning into God and, and having faith that what we're being called to do, that we're always going to be provided for. Anytime we're in a place of fear or lack of trust, we're disconnected from our faith. So whether there's a pandemic or whatever chaos is happening in the world, right? The answer to always navigating through all of that is having a clear sense of self and your purpose here. I love and that what applies, you said. Yeah. That applies to being in business or working for a company or whatever it is that you're doing. No, I love what you said there because the... And, and let me go here for just a quick second and we'll take a break. And the reason that I asked you what I asked you, Jennifer, is that there are so many people that are looking for a side hustle They're, or, or saying, well, if that person was successful doing this, then I know that I can make money doing that. And, and I'm, and we all have this, you know, most people, I'm not saying we all, but most people that do that say, well, I'm going to open a business and I'm going to make lots of money and I'm going to do this because that person did it. And, and I love what you said there about maybe that's not what you're meant to do. Maybe that's, maybe that's not what God has gifted you and called you to do. And maybe he's gifted and called that other person who's wildly successful. We live in a society where comparisons where we, where we have a lot of false comparisons. 
This is the last question I want to ask you before we go to a break. And, and I love where you've taken our conversation. How do you keep your clients from avoiding false comparisons? Yeah, so comparison is a belief, right? So it's getting to the root cause of where that belief began. And for a lot of people, that comparison starts in childhood, right? It's like, oh, that other kid has this toy and I don't have it, or they can do more jumping jacks than I can, or they can jump rope better, you know? And that comes from our parents, our teachers, society, our environment is, as young children, is where we pick all of that up. And unless we become aware of the patterns and, and that they can be sabotaging and limiting, we continue to exhibit those beliefs and behaviors throughout our adult life too. It's just comparison is just a belief and it's also a form of judgment because um, you don't know that person. You can't really know that person unless you're them and you're not, right? It's just yeah. like you say about uh, another entrepreneur comparing themselves and looking at someone who's wildly successful doing something. Well, being an entrepreneur is not the easy road. And if anyone tells you that it is, <laughs> they're full of crap. You know, it's like um, there has to be a, a driver behind behind what you're doing. And, and again, a clear sense of self and your purpose that helps to avoid comparison because you know you're you're not that person, right? So it's that and really, you know, just mindset work around basically unlearning it because like, you know, losing weight or anything else, you know, uh, unlearning these beliefs is a process. I love that. I, I love that. And, and you're so right. Comparisons really start when we're kids. Mm -hmm. Hey, mom, um, Joey, Joey gets to go here. How come I can't get to go here? Or, Hey, Joey's parents have a swimming pool. How come we don't have a swimming pool? Mm -hmm. You know, and, and it's, you, you have to, and Jennifer, I'll say this. I learned this a couple of years ago on a cruise and I'll share this with you in the audience is I was sitting outside on the balcony of our room. And I was praying and just kind of looking out at the water, just kind of sitting by myself, just really enjoying the moment. And on one side of me, I heard commotion. And on the other side of me, I heard commotion. And in that moment, I felt in my spirit, just stay on your own balcony. Don't worry about what's happening in the next room. Because there could be fun. They, they could be, the commotion could be they're having fun and, and, and playing games and things like that. And the other, in the other room, it could be chaos and turmoil and things uh -huh. like that. Just learn to stay on your own balcony and focus out on the water and be in that moment. And, and I believe for, for a lot of people living that kind of life keeps the comparison traps away. And they say, this is what God's called me to do in this moment. This is where I'm supposed to be. I love what you said there about doing what you're supposed to do. Your purpose may not be to make millions of dollars. Your purpose may be to be an encourager to a lot yeah. of people. 
people. So let's step aside, take another break. When we come back, we're going to tell Jennifer's story. This has been awesome conversation. I can't wait for this next segment. You, I, I want you to come back and be with us. My guest, Jennifer Spore, here on the Intentional Encourager podcast, back in just a moment. Hey, everybody, Brian Sexton. want to tell you about my new book, People Buy From People, 10 Powerful People Lessons from the Ultimate People Person, my dad. My dad was one of the greatest connectors that I ever knew, and he shared with me 10 connecting principles that I have used throughout my 25-year sales and sales management, customer engagement, and leadership career that I'm passing along to you. If you want to be a stronger deeper and more powerful connector. You've got to pick up a copy of People Buy From People. There are concepts in there that you may not realize help make you a power connector. You can go to Amazon and pick it up, Kindle if you're an e-reader and you like to do it that way, or now available on Audible. And there's one other way you can get a copy of People Buy From People. You can get one from me and I'll sign it for you. You go to intentionalmediaandpublishing at gmail.com and send me an email. And I'll share with you the link on how you can get a signed copy. You can buy a signed copy directly from me. Again, people buy from people. If you want to connect like never before, pick up your copy today of people buy from people. And now let's get back to more great conversation here on the Intentional Encourager podcast. Jennifer, let's dive into your story. And again, I want you to take me as far back from point A to today as you want to go. If you want to go back, some people have said, you know, taking us all the way back to birth. That's fine. If that's as far back as you want to go, but I want to hear your amazing story. And I want you to share that with the audience. Yeah. Yeah. This could be a whole conversation in and of itself, but I just want to start by saying that my life has been anything but conventional. Um, if there were statistics for that, you know, I'd probably be the anomaly in society. I'd probably be the 1%, you know, when I, I'll share what I, what I think is most relevant, basically, like I've been on my own. I, I went out on my own at 16 I had uh, a, a bit of a rough childhood, some things that happened there and, and reached a point where even at that age, I just knew that I, that the best thing to do was to leave. And so I did that. And even at that young of an age, I really kind of understood how powerful we are as creators, that we don't have to be a victim of circumstance. And that was what I thought as a child. And so I started in retail. Um, prior to starting my business, I, I had a really well-established career in retail. I worked in retail for over 23 years and toward the end of my career had checked all the boxes off the list, right, of what traditional society teaches us that it means to achieve success. Actually, minus the college degree, because when I was 19, I had a defining moment where I was on my own and I enjoyed the work that I was doing, but I had always wanted to be a teacher, 
And so I asked myself, you know, am I going to stay in this job that I really like, or am I going to put myself through school and, and become a traditional teacher? But I decided to stay to go the retail route at the time because I really enjoyed what I was doing. And there was an element of teaching and mentoring others and helping people that was happening in the retail environment. I was a store manager. I started from the bottom. I was a store manager at 21. So I worked my way up and toward the end of my career, I was a director of store operations for over 1200 stores. So my path wasn't conventional, right? What got me to that point in my life was sheer grit and determination and belief in myself and joy in the work that I was doing. Did you have any idea when you were a director of operations for 1200 stores, did you ever kind of sit back Jennifer and go, how in the world did this happen? How did I go from no. being a store manager? What, so what was that drive for you all those years to continue climbing and, and, and getting to that level of mm. success? Was it on That's, purpose for you? Yeah. The answer is yes. I knew exactly how it had happened. I knew exactly every step that I took to get to that place in my career. Um, and, you know, you would think that's great, right? There are a lot of good things about living that intentionally. But later on in life, I would realize that I did enjoy the work that I was doing at the time and I believed in it, right? And that's also part of what made me so wildly successful in that career is because I believed in what I was doing. And that gave me the confidence to continue to move forward. But what I realized is what I was also doing is living life in survival mode. So I had trauma stuff from childhood, basically feeling like it was just me. I was out on my own. And so a large part of my life, I had also felt the need to prove myself, mm -hmm. you know, to prove what was possible basically. And that's what led ultimately to me looking at making a career change eventually and starting a business doing what I'm doing now. You know, I, I, it's, it's ironic that you climb the ladder, you work your way up, and you're still feeling like you're in survival mode. And people might say to you, but Jennifer, you've made it. You're, you're, you're so much more than what you started out to be. Was it difficult to kind of beat that back and say, no, I, I worked to get here. I, I am good at what I do, or was that always in the back of your mind going, but somebody is going to be out to get me. Somebody wants my job. Somebody wants what I have, and I've worked so hard for. How hard was it to beat back the survival instincts that, that would come inside of you? Yeah, I was never afraid that someone was going to take my job. Um, when I talk about living in survival mode, what I really mean is that because I was so focused on 
feeling the need to prove myself. And it really went back to not feeling wanted as a child. That's where it came from. And so what I realized when I was about like 40 years old, <laughs> you know, after having achieved all of this is that I didn't really know who I was. Like, yes, I did enjoy my work for a period of time, but I didn't know who I was because I had spent so much time trying to prove myself and so much time trying to please everyone else, you know, because I thought that that's what I needed to do to feel accepted. It was only when um, I stopped feeling challenged in my work that really that fog started to lift and I started to wake up. I started to realize that I didn't really know who I was because my life revolved around my job and it revolved around everyone else. I'm writing that down. And here's what I'm writing down. Losing the challenge lifts the fog. Mm-hmm. That is, that's, that's so powerful, Jennifer, because most people would say, okay, I've lost the drive. Now what? I've lost the challenge now. And it becomes a fear factor moment in life where they say, well, all these things that I have pushed myself and challenged myself. And we talked about purpose and growth driven people that you work with who, who I would tend to believe would always need to have a challenge, Mm -hmm. but you're saying the best thing that happened to me was losing the challenge and it lifted the fog. I'm sure there are a lot of people like myself that listen to that statement and go, that's so counterintuitive to the way it's supposed to be. But for you, what, take me through that moment. Was it a a singular moment that it happened to you or was it a a, a series of moments? It was a series of moments that led to that because um, like I said, I, I loved my job for a long time, felt super blessed to accomplish everything that I did to be where I was at. But what started happening is that I, so if you're speaking in Clifton strengths assessment terms, <laughs> learner is one of my top five strengths. Okay. So I was very methodical in my career progression. I am always looking to master something else mm-hmm. back then. I've always been like that. And so when I ran out of boxes to check off the list, when I ran out of promotions in my work, and on top of that, there was just also more and more bureaucracy and it was feeling hard harder and harder to, to make a difference for the stores. Um, that was really what got me to start wondering about, wow, you know, like what's next, but I didn't make that change right away because like so many other people, I was fearful of, you know, I've been working in the same industry for so long. I've accomplished all of this. I was so much more focused on what I could lose by making a change instead versus what I could gain. And, you know, that's how God made us to evolve, to learn. That's one of the reasons why we're here. My defining moment, the catalyst for me really taking action was my mom was diagnosed with terminal cancer several years ago. And at the time she was living in Idaho and I was living in New Jersey for my job. And I was flying back and forth to be with her and I had a job where I was on all the time. Okay. So there was a moment where I was sitting at her bedside. This was days before she died and my phone was glowing up about some issue at work that 
could have been prevented <laughs> and vying for my attention, right? So I found myself in a moment where it was like, pay attention to this fire that you have to put out at work or pay attention to your mom who's going to literally die like any day. And that was when I literally said to myself, you know what? I'm not stuck anymore. My courage exceeded my fear. And it was that moment that was the beginning of the end. That is me transitioning. And I didn't know I wanted to start a business, you know, right away. I thought at first that my problem, you know, would be solved by finding a new job. Mm. And I just figured out over time that that wasn't where I was meant to be, even though I was really good at what I did. And Kristen talks about this in, in her UMAP assessment, you know, that you, you can have burnout skills, right? You can be really good at something, but it's not the thing that you're meant to do. Yeah. Um, I figured that out. And what I also realized is that, wow, you know, I'm having like this spiritual awakening. I'm, I'm developing this closer relationship with God. I'm rediscovering who I am, but I'm challenged in integrating who I'm becoming into my existing physical reality. And that is when I realized that I was meant to help other people with that journey of progression and that journey of evolution because there were business coaches, there were spiritual teachers, there were healers, all of these, these people, right? But there wasn't any one person that could help me bring all of that together. And that was when I realized that that's because that person's me. <laughs> I need to help other people. When you, when you decide to walk away, and, I, and, and I've got to think for some people that is so, you mentioned your courage exceeding your fear. Mm -hmm. For some people walking away from their careers is the most frightening thing, even over something as a health scare or loss of a loved one. They're more afraid of that career dying than they are losing that loved one or something like that because they poured all their energy and their focus and, and things like that into, into climbing the ladder. I was talking to a friend of mine yesterday and he was talking about things that you sacrifice trying to move up the ladder, trying to build your business, trying to do things. And it's like, you trade this for this, you trade this opportunity for that. And you give up something and, and in exchange to move up the ladder and things like that. When you had that conversation and you were like, I'm leaving. And this is why take me through that moment. Did you finally feel liberated? Did you finally feel like I'm excited because this is what I know I'm supposed to do and uh, I'm going to pursue it? Yeah, you know, there really isn't a word in language to describe how I felt, but liberation would probably be the closest. You know, my exit out of the career that I had prior to my business was a transition, right? I didn't just here's my two weeks and I'm gone. You know, I was a key stakeholder in a lot of things that were going on in the company. You mean so you just I, didn't give your notice? Like, listen, in two weeks, you're no, you're going to notice I'm not here. That yeah, was, no, you didn't, didn't do, do that. that. <laughs> no, no, I didn't do no, that. I have, that is, I have a friend of mine that told me his dad did that. Uh, we, he was in retail and his dad said that uh, he told his boss, he said, listen, in two weeks, you're going to notice that I'm not here on Monday morning. There's your yeah. notice. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I will tell you one of the most liberating moments. So it, it literally sounds like a country song, right? When it was time for me, because one of the things was that I wanted to move back out here where I'm at in Idaho now. And so I rented my house out in New Jersey, packed up my car and headed out West. That's literally what I did. I drove across country by myself and that was the most liberating trip ever. Just being out on the open road, driving across country in transition, it just felt so freeing. Wow. That is so cool. You do need to write a country song about that. Yeah, that, that, <laughs> you do need to write a country song about that. Jennifer, you have shared, and, and I love this. This has been such a good conversation, but it wouldn't be complete without you sharing with this audience your biggest piece of intentional encouragement. I'll share something I say often, which I really believe in, which is that God does not put a dream on your heart that isn't meant to be achieved. Nothing happens at random. Wow. I'm writing that down. God doesn't put a dream on your heart. That isn't meant to be achieved. That isn't meant to be achieved. Man, such good intentional encouragement. What a perfect way to end our conversation right there. God doesn't put a dream on your heart that isn't meant to be achieved. Wow. So some of you out there that have those dreams and you want to, you, you say, I've always dreamed of owning a business. I've always dreamed of doing this, doing that. Take that intentional encouragement that Jennifer just laid on us. Take that to your heart your mind, your spirit. Jennifer, tell folks how they can connect with you. I know folks are going to want to connect with you. I know how to connect with you, but I, they, I'm not <laughs> sure other people do. So, so let folks know how they can connect with you. Yeah. So I'm pretty active on social media. LinkedIn is my number one place to hang out, but I'm also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also find me at my website, which is jennifersfor.com. And you can check me out weekly on Wednesdays on my Awaken on Purpose podcast. That's on every major platform. Go ahead and check out Jennifer's podcast. And I I intentionally encourage you to do that. That would be <laughs> that would be good for you to do that. And, and, and a special shout out, the Kristen that, that Jennifer was mentioning is, is Kristen Sherry, a multiple time guest on the Intentional Encourager podcast. So um, we love Kristen dearly, and uh, I can't wait for her to hear this conversation. And I am so delighted, Jennifer, that we got to have this conversation today. Thank you for joining me on the Intentional Encourager podcast. Thank you so much. My thanks as always to producer Bryce Sexton and technical advisor Matt Means. And of course, the ultimate thanks goes to the Lord Jesus Christ, who provides intentional encouragement every day through his word. If you're not subscribed to the Intentional Encourager podcast, hit the subscribe button wherever you get podcasts so you don't miss an exciting episode where you can get encouraged and stay encouraged. And remember, anyone, anywhere, at any time, any place can be an intentional encourager.